Mangello, author of the Walt Disney World Trivia Books, host and producer of WDW Radio. I'm also the author of the Audio Guides to Walt Disney World and publisher of Celebrations Magazine. Well, get over of... yourself, Lou. <laughs> As you can see, welcome to, and I've always wanted to say this, welcome to a very special edition of the WW Newscast. Today is Wednesday, June 8th, 2011. Uh, we are not covering the, show, uh, the news this week because we do have a special guest where I want to say quick thanks to our sponsors over at touringplans.com. Listen, whether you are a first-timer or a seasoned veteran, it's all about maximizing your time in the Disney parks. And the best way to do that is with the crowd calendars and the touring plans and the wait times and the mobile applications. You can check it all out over at touringplans.com. So, quick introduction for my guest. Listen, what Disney fan, young, old, somewhere in between, wouldn't want to experience some kind of adventure where you can get behind the scenes at Walt Disney World late at night when nobody else is there. Well, the Kingdom Keepers series of books by my next guest, Mr. Ridley Pearson, should I say best-selling author, Ridley Pearson. Uh, Ridley, welcome back to the show and welcome to the first live newscast. Thank you, Lou. <laughs> it is Thank always, you, Lou. It is always a pleasure and an adventure to, uh, to have play. <laughs> So there you go. So just recently, there you go. Here is uh, Kingdom Keepers 4. Power Play is the latest in your series. Your first Kingdom Keepers novel, Disney After Dark, came out in 2005 to an amazing response. Disney at Dawn in 2008, Disney in Shadow 2010, and uh, people were literally lining up for hours at the uh, release of Kingdom Keepers 4. Before we get into some that questions... just to see you, Lou. It was just... <laughs> That we were there and we live broadcast it and we uh, we had a great time. You've got a, quite a legion of fans. You know, are you surprised at how well the series is done? I'm, I'm delighted at how well it's done. I really had no idea it would do this. And, you know, there's nothing like those um, Disney World signings because uh, to see everybody out there lined up and and ready to say hi it's you know you you work in these little cubicles all your life writing these books and when you actually <laughs> see people are out there wanting them it's it's such a thrill i can't tell you what what kind of a thrill it is i and i thank everybody out there who shows up to my signings because it uh it, it literally means the world to me it's just so much fun well i think it's it's for a lot of reasons i think because of uh just how great the series is you know it, I, i've always said it's sort of positioned in, in the young adult section of your local bookstore. But the people right. who are online range from kids who are seven, eight, nine years old up to those of us <clears throat> which are maybe not seven, eight, or nine anymore. Don't go anywhere, Lou. I'm right here. <laughs> say hi to everybody. Yes, you got to come say hi. Remember Phoebe from my assistant from Walt Disney World? Hi. Yeah, she how you doing? Good, how are you? She was just poking her head in the office door, and I said, come on in here, Phoebe. Listen, come on in, join the party. Um, we've got a lot of people uh, watching in the chat room and can and, uh, and can hear everything you guys are saying too. I, I can tell you, Ridley, you can't see the chat room. They are ecstatic to, hey, uh, to be able to room. see and hear you in there. Christy and Small World and Beth, they're all saying hello to Phoebe as well. So <laughs> hey, good. she says hi back. Uh, yeah, some people are saying, Phoebe, you don't know me, but I'm saying hey anyway. So yeah, and I think 
Ridley, part of the reason why, too, is, again, not because the books are just great on their own, but the way that you interact with your fans, whether it's on Twitter or online or on your blog, I mean, you're very much, you engage them in conversation. I think people really appreciate that about you. Well, I appreciate the readers. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I think as, a, as an author, you're always amazed somebody actually wants to read what you write. And um, the Kingdom Keepers books, for whatever reason, I think it's because we all have that dream about getting into the park when the park's closed. And for whatever reason, Disney and their dementia has left, left <laughs> me in the park alone, you know, after hours. And um, I've had these experiences that the kids end up having in the books. And um, so in a way, the, the reader's allowed to live vicariously through me of what it's like to be in those parks. But it, uh, you know, I so enjoy, you know, Twitter, Facebook, the blog, whatever, whatever way there is emails. We get hundreds of emails a week. We try to answer them all. And, you know, just the, the fact that people are out there reading the books thrills me. And uh, I like to be any part of that I can be and yet still have time to keep writing. So I was showing you earlier, Lou. I don't know, all five of you who are on here actually watching this thing live. Um, right behind me, I'm going to move this. Right there, behind me, that's right Act 2. Right there. right there. On my wall, that's Act 2 of Kingdom Keepers 5. And if I do this... Somebody take screenshots. Don't take a screenshot. <laughs> if you take a screenshot, you'll know what's happening in the book. And see right behind there, that's Act 1. So I'm I'm hard at work on Kingdom Keepers Five. That's just my proof. So that's that's interesting to see sort of how this comes together because you know we uh, sort of I think think about what that process is like. And I look I, don't, I think people either wish that they were a character in one of your books or Ridley Pearson himself because of the access you have and the way that you're able to put these books together. Yeah, they'd, they'd probably like to kill me and get that access. <laughs> um, what I can show you is. It goes from it goes from those outlines to something like this, wow. which is you know 460 pages, um, and then from there I go back through it and and I I rewrite the whole book, uh, usually um, at least once if not twice before I send it to an editor I work with and then. She will send me a 20-some page letter, single space, <laughs> of, uh, of everything that's right and everything that's wrong in the book. And I will start it all over and write it a third and probably a fourth time and then send it to Disney Books. And they have comments. And then I write it one last time. And then about the sixth or seventh draft in there somewhere, it finally ends wow. up like this. This is why these things, even though it, it, one of the great things about young readers is they will read the book before they get to the signing line. And they will, as you're signing it, they say, when's the next one? And I go, ah! You know, because it's, it's such an ordeal to get even one of these out. Well, that's what people that, in the chat room are saying. You know, first of all, um, a lot of people have said, really is the best. How many authors would do this for this fan? So, so they're very appreciative. But yeah, they're already asking about Kingdom Keepers 5. Sure. Where does it take place? Give us the storyline. Give us the title. Give us Maybe something. I should read you some of it. That way, you'll be the only people, not even my editors heard any of it. Should I do that at some point? <laughs> your editor is about to cut your internet line. <laughs> we'll, we'll break every rule that ever was. 
Yeah, the uh, we're getting yes, 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 yes. That, well, that I'll give you one paragraph. This is the opening paragraph of Kingdom Keepers Five. Don't don't tell anybody I did this, even though this is going to be recorded. Can I do this, Lou, or is this you, taking up this, my time? Ridley, this is your show. <laughs> oh, it's the Lou show. They're, they're begging for we, it now. Now you have to. Even don't say hello, up, we say hello. <laughs> uh, Finn Whitman held up three fingers, indicating he'd identified the enemy. One wore a full-length black robe with purple piping. Maleficent. The woman next to her, a high, starched white collar like a nun's habit. Her hair perfect, not a strand out of place. The evil queen. And the last, wrapped in fur, ermine and stoat, Cruella de Vil. He could just make out the backs of their heads and shoulders, given his position on all fours, and the location of a wooden card index, a wooden card index island out ahead. The three were huddled together in the darkened library stacks just beyond the central card index. But these were not ordinary stacks. This was a private library deep within the Imagineers' offices, backstage at Disney Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World. Finn and Willa, the girl to whom he held up his fingers, were not ordinary teenagers either. They were holograms, projections of light, flaming photons, as one of their fellow Kingdom Keepers called them, an invention of Disney Imagineers and technicians with too much time on their hands. By day, their holograms served as guides in the four Walt Disney World parks, the Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, and Disney Hollywood Studios. By night, it was a different story. Those are the first two paragraphs. This is why when you meet Ridley Pearson, you need to go and hug him because nobody else would give you that. Uh, really, that was amazing. People in the chat room are beyond excited. Bursting with happiness, says Beatles Girl. Um, they are bowing down. I think they're actually genuflecting in front of their computers. <laughs> it's fun for me because, you know, what, for, the, for the nine people now on there, um, we, uh, what, what's fun about that is those may not be the opening two paragraphs of the book come publishing time. So it'll be interesting to see if those are actually the first two paragraphs in the book after I've edited a million times and Disney's weighed in and everything else. But right now, let me see. I've got a preface on here, but I'm, yeah, right now, those are the opening two paragraphs. Well, you've got a lot of uh, more than two. There's my mom, my brother. There's more than two in there. <laughs> they are very, very grateful for that. My mother and my aunt. And, <laughs> yeah, we got this nailed, though. <laughs> it's my mom, my brother, and, and Phoebe, and that's it. And that's all. That's it. <laughs> so, um, really, what we did was, I'm sure you know, we recently started a Disney book club. And appropriately yeah. enough, the first book we chose was Kingdom Keepers 4. By, uh, Which is just one of the great honors there is. Well, people were very excited. Uh, either they had picked up that book because it had just been released, uh, having been fans of Kingdom Keepers, or we also found that we introduced a lot of new people to the series, and they all seem to be enjoying it. We've posed questions over the past couple of weeks, really wanted to engage people in discussions about the book online. And we also asked them to send in a couple of questions. you mind if I uh, share a couple of those with you? I'd love that. I hope I can answer them. I'm sure you can. Uh, I'm your lawyer. We got oh, wait a second. <laughs> Before you do, i got to show you something really cool. I went, because uh, we're, we're still talking about Disney Keeper, Keepers 5 here for a second. Um, got to clean this up while I talk to you. But uh, <laughs> For Kingdom Keepers 5, Disney has, in all their wisdom, allowed me 
on their cruise ships four different times um, on long cruises actually and one of them I went on was uh, was um, on the the last well almost broke that the last Atlantic trip of um, the what was it the magic the magic I think it was the magic fantasy I don't know what it was um, but we were on the inaugural ship inaugural trip mm -hmm. through the Panama mm -hmm. Canal and bless their hearts Disney sent me this which you can see is a watch and who is holding it but Captain Mickey Wow! I will take off the bell jar there you go see this guy how cool is that just yet so another I, reason for us to break into your house and steal the script. I was going to say, maybe we'll end up, you know, through Walt Disney Radio here and Lou the Man Lou, end up giving this away or something. I oh, mean, it's wow. Really, people, it's yeah, really, people are, are saying uh, how cool it is. It's really a very cool deal. That is, and, uh, that's amazing. Um, I think there's one other little gadget here. What's that? Oh, no, that's a book award. Anyway. Um, every now and then, Disney sends me very cool things, and that's one of them. That's one of my treasures. That is neat. And Certainly, very well box. deserved. It actually works, and it also has. It's even keeping time. Look at that! <laughs> my God, it's got the correct time on it. Um, and also on the watch, which is like a pocket watch, is Captain Mickey. Wow! And Captain, I've never seen. No, nobody has seen that before. Everybody's saying the same thing. Nobody has ever seen that. I've never seen something like that. Now maybe I can find my scene about Captain Mickey. Um, go ahead, ask me a question, Lou. I'm going to look to see if I can find my scene about Captain. No Mickey. problem. This first question comes from Mark V. He says, "How much latitude do you have with the characters as far as behavior, background, etc.? And do you have the freedom to do something radical, um, like having a very established hero?" or heroine turned villain or vice versa? Well, that's a really terrific question. Um, read me back the first part of that because that was multiple piece. Basically, how much latitude do you have, you know, with the characters? How much are you basically yeah. allowed to let you them know, do? The, the thing is, is that um, there, there are a couple, couple ways to answer this. One is that we all love and cherish the Disney characters the way they are. So some of this I, I simply wouldn't do you know and if i did do it i think my editor would step in and say wait a second the flip side of that is that everybody and especially me wants this series to be as fun as it can be so if i take a character like stitch for instance in um i believe it's the second kingdom keepers and and he's pursuing or it might be the third kingdom keepers third kingdom keepers and he's pursuing them uh, in the very opening scene. He's pursuing some some of the keepers across Tom Sawyer Island, and and he's a bad dude in that. Now, we all love Stitch. I have taken quite a fondness to Stitch because I do these video shoots in Walt Disney World, and he comes and bugs me. Right. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize he is. You know, there is a precedent for him being a little vicious. That's why I took that liberty. But what you also can do, because there are evil villains involved, is you can take a good character and make them bad, right. only to find out that it was Maleficent who made them bad. Right. So 
in that way, there is latitude because it's fiction. As long as I bring them back to their real self. <laughs> right. You, you, never you know, I don't of, leave them dripping you don't really blood. You disrupt the bangers. integrity of the character itself yeah, in who, the long run. I don't want to do that. I right. love Disney. I love it just the way I love you, just the way you are. <laughs> um, so the, the, what I was going to say was th there are some places to take latitude, which is what I'm doing in four. And, and sorry for looking off camera here, but I'm still trying to find my particular scene. Um, and that is take a character like Chernabog. Chern, Chern, Chernabog. Chernabog is a character that shows up in a movie called Fantasia. Mm -hmm. And he shows up in Fantasmic in um, Disney Hollywood Studios in this fabulous evening production they do there. But other than that, Chernabog doesn't have a lot of screen time, nor does he have much ink. And nor does Disney really know who this guy is. They just know he is the of the ugly, horrible mothers out there. <laughs> Chernabog is the dude. He is the worst of the worst. Right. And there are lines like, you know, he's a cannibal. There are there are some there's some really serious backstory on Chernabog, but not a lot of it. So a writer like me comes along and starts to push him up to the top of the pyramid. Mm. And I find myself able now in some ways to create Chernabog. Right. And how cool is that <laughs> Right. when he's like your lead villain? So, yeah, there is latitude. Do I have a bit in my mouth? I do have a bit of a bit because Disney does read these books um, at a corporate level before they go out. Right. Now, this is what I think the nine and a half people who are now listening <laughs> will enjoy because this shocks me every time I speak it is that um, Disney's never asked me to cut a single thing out of my books. Wow. That's very interesting. That, How I mean, is that? Because I have the dolls at Small World marching like Chucky and diving into the water <laughs> and snapping at these kids. And when I wrote that, I had a total blast writing that right. because I had basically lived that moment. I had been scared out of my wits inside Small World when I was in there alone. And, but I was sure they were going to take that out or sure. you know, politely suggest that I take it out or they would have people at my door with baseball bats. And they didn't do it. They, they said, oh, what a great take on Small World. And I went, what? <laughs> but what are you guys thinking? Right. But it was great. So, I mean, you know, they, they being the collective Disney psyche, they're having as much fun with these books as we all are. And that so impresses me that they're allowing me to push the creative envelope on these mm -hmm. characters, you know, without just sort of saying, oh, no, it has to be. Oh, right. no, Ridley, thank you. But, they, they, <laughs> you know, there may be one or two people doing that, but then their boss is saying, no, I right. like this. And, and I'm able to go forward. So it's, it's really pretty much fun. I mean, that, that they would be this free about it. And that level of trust to give you that kind of creative license with characters that, you know, historically, obviously, very protective of, rightly so. Yeah, exactly. Um, they have to be protective of. I would be, you know, they would be. Uh, but they're, they're being, being really great about it. Now, I'm just... Um, 
I really want to read you guys pieces of the new book. Do they want me to ask, answer questions or read pieces of my they, new book? I think they will. If you can find it, um, keep looking. I'll ask you a, a simple but probably the most difficult question. This comes from a nine-year-old named Carter. Oh, Carter wants to know. He wants you to pick your favorite child, Ridley. He wants to know what your favorite Kingdom Keeper book is so far. Well... <laughs> I mean, I say this at book signings all the time. That's a really tough one sure. because the one you're working on or have just finished is really your baby. Um, and, and you have to realize that I wrote the first book now, you know, whatever it is, many years ago, seven, eight years ago. Mm. It's, it will probably always be the iconic Kingdom Keepers book because it introduced us all to this world. But I had so much fun with book four. Uh, power play um, and am now having so much fun with book five that I think it's very hard to separate yourself from the most recent book published which is this one and the book you're currently working on because guys I'm waking up every day and by 7 a.m. I'm in here with a cup of tea and I'm Finn and I'm Amanda and I'm Chernabog and I'm Maleficent and I am having a blast because I'm on a cruise every morning even though I'm sitting in my little library office in St. Louis. So um, it's very hard to disassociate yourself from the book you're currently working on, and especially the book you've just most recently finished. Um, I love Power Play, and I think each of these books, I hope, at least I'm working on this, each of these books takes you to a different level and a different depth within the series. So to me, although I'll always have a soft spot, soft, soft spot for the first book, um, as this series develops and these characters get older and they're interested in kissing and they're interested in this, <laughs> all of that makes it more interesting to me. Everything's becoming richer and deeper. So right now, the most interesting to me completed book is the fourth book and the most interesting incomplete book is this fifth book. And people who are uh, in the chat room who are, are talking about this very quickly as I'm trying to watch it go by, uh, it's the same way. Some people like the first book because it sets everything up. Others sure. have their favorites because they like the way the character development is going. They like the setting of where it is. A lot of people very, very excited about uh, Kingdom Keepers 4, certainly looking forward to Kingdom Keepers 5. Sure. Uh, um, and I think that's that's only natural that we all have our own favorites. It's, it's very different. Um, anyone who has a child out there, you, you know that you think you're going to have a favorite child and you don't, you know, you, you love all your children. Well, you equally. do. You just don't tell them yeah. <laughs> deep down. I don't. Um, yeah. Lou's cold hearted. He does. But, um, and, and I feel that way about the books. I mean, each of these books took me to this special park, this, this, you know, sort of intimate relationship with the park going there many, many times at four and five in the morning, mm. going through places no one's ever been. I mean, just unbelievably special things. So, you know, somebody says Animal Kingdom to me now, and I don't think about Animal Kingdom. I right. think about the second book. Right. Um, you know, somebody says Bat to me, and I think about the second book. So it's, you know, it's all become a part of me, and it's, it's very hard to separate from, from all of it. Here's another question, and we got this one a lot from Heather. Caroline had a very similar question which was what backstage area of any of the parks or the ship uh, was most intriguing or, uh, you know, was interesting to really learn about? Ooh. 
you know, because you you really I, were given keys to the kingdom. You could kind of go anywhere you wanted that obviously normal guests could never get access to. No, they've been unbelievably generous to me that way. And and I mean, I I, I think I can honestly say that each time I go into one of these parks or or in the case of the cruise ships, that uh, it's they're all such unique experiences and and uh, they're they're so interesting and revealing that it would really be difficult to single out uh, I think for the first book my biggest surprise was the utilidor mm -hmm. uh, probably my biggest thrill was standing on the frigate um, in Pirates of the Caribbean Wow! Um, up there with that <laughs> captain that that was just a thrilling moment in part because when you get up there he has human hair glued on his arm he has warts and scabs and brown teeth and red eyes and stuff you don't see from those little boats and I was just sort of overwhelmed by the detail that Disney goes to I was shown all the tricks and how they're achieved in the Haunted Mansion and that was you know mind-boggling to me um, I was taken inside Expedition Everest by the man who designed it the engineer who designed it and we walked it for three hours and then I rode it alone that was, wow. you know, a memorable, memorable day. And, and most recently, I was escorted by a person who had never been to where I was being escorted aboard the Disney Cruise Line. Hmm. Um, she pulled me aside and, you know, we were being shown into the engine room by the chief engineer. And she pulled me aside and said, Ridley, I've never been here. <laughs> and, and chills ran down my spine, you know. Sure. Because... I'm I'm being literally handed the keys to the kingdom. So each book has its own memorable experience, and each seems to surpass and and supplant the next. Although at this point, what the access I've been given on the cruise line is just it's it's so amazing. <laughs> uh, and I should point out that um, there's there's a guy named Rich who is um, actively involved in overseas illuminations. And Rich mm -hmm. has shown me everything inside out on illuminations. And that's probably the most excited I've been uh, because each time I go, Rich shows me more of mm -hmm. what he does in illuminations and what is involved in illuminations. And it is, you know, it's voted every year. It's voted the best outdoor show, night right. show in America. And each year that I go, Rich shows me more and more about how it's run and how the computers run it and what, and it's unbelievable. It's like a NASA launch. So, you know, um, Rich has given me some insight that I don't know that I'll ever have. See, and this is why I love the fact that we're doing this on video because I want people to, although you can hear it in your voice, to see how animated and excited you oh. get really yeah. is a testament to the fact that you are a fan of what you're writing by. I think that's why oh the books are as enjoyed as they are. Yeah, I mean, I have to hold myself back, Lou. I, you know, I could write 100 pages on just, you know, going into Expedition Everest, and I end up writing four pages, but, um, or whatever, six. You know, I mean, it, I get, I am such a kid at heart, I guess, because I am just so impressed with everything Disney. Um, the, the, I've never had this kind of, uh, you know, where people have asked, do I get tired of going to the parks now that I go all the time? 
and I am more excited. And and Lou, you've been what thirty times as much as I've ever been to the parks. You don't get tired. No, of it. you don't. No, you it's don't. weird. Yeah. I don't get it. This will have to be the subject of some PhD dissertation. You know, how is it that human beings can go repeat something time and time and time again and enjoy it more each time? But well, because it's not about it, it gets to a point where it's not about attractions and shows anymore. It's about the place and the experience and, and the people. Uh, it, and I think that's what we all sort of understand. I get off so much on just sitting in Disney World and watching the world go by. That was one thing. Uh, for those of you who came in late, Phoebe, my assistant, came in a few minutes ago. And and Phoebe and I, when we had like six minutes between video shoots, um, I would sit down and just watch the people. And watching that level of enthusiasm, watching the magic in kids' eyes, adults' eyes, married couples' eyes, um, recently married couples' eyes, you know, just it's so it's so um, you know, contagious. Right. You just get this empathetic high. Everybody's going around just blown away. And it's different than any place you right. go. You name to me another amusement park, another outdoor experience where people are as excited day in and day out, as taken by the magic as this place. Uh, and, and you'll surprise me because I don't know it. There's, it doesn't, um, and that's why Disney has the the following that it does is because nothing else like this exists. You're not going to find books about no. some of the other amusement parks down the street in Orlando. No, no. I mean, they're fun to go to once, but you don't go over and over and right. over and get to the point where you're going on a ride just to see other people love the ride. Yeah. You know, I can. You know, I get asked what's my favorite ride in Magic Kingdom, and probably my my most exciting ride is um and and favorite ride in that way is splash mountain because it it so tells the dramatic arc it has a beginning a middle and end as every ride in disney world does which is what makes them so cool but one of my favorite places to go is peter pan's magic flight and and it's just a it's just a silly little attraction but i can go on that thing five times i just love it i love the experience the immersive experience of going in and being Peter Pan for it's like four and a half minutes, right. but it's a blast. And that's why the line so is always an hour long, no matter what time of day you go. And it's not just for little kids. You know, there's you know, adults like me who make sure you've got to hit Peter Pan because there is something there about that. Hour to have my four minutes, you know. I mean, listen. And, not all of us. Not all of us can backdoor our way in like Ridley Pearson. You know, the the riffraff well, have to stand on line. <laughs> And, and I, you know, it, it, the, it, the new book, Bridge to Neverland, that comes out in August, which is related to, at least tangentially related to, the Starcatcher series, uh, the final act of that takes place inside Peter Pan's Ride. Awesome. So, you know, these, the, these, these experiences keep coming back in everything I'm writing about and doing. That's excellent. And I'm a big Peter Pan fan, so. Um... As a... You uh, you were talking before about the cast member and specifically Illuminations. One of the questions somebody else had, too, was are the cast members in the book, are they influenced by real cast members? Do you sometimes make reference to some of those people, oh. even if it's not by name? I do name them. Sure. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there and the Imagineers, there are. Um, I, I can give you I can give you an example. There's a woman. I think she now works in Epcot, named Megan Fuchs. Mm -hmm. And I was, 
I think I had a few hours one day um, doing my research there. And I went over to downtown Disney. And specifically, I, I got somewhat enthralled by um, Disney Quest. And so I had, <coughs> I Googled it or something. And it looked to me like it was kind of pricey. And I said, what the heck, I got to do this. So I went up to the window at Disney Quest. And uh, I presented my VIP pass that I have that gets me into Disney properties. And I said, is this by any chance good here? And the woman behind the, behind the glass said, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Do you know who you'll I have, am? I'm Ridley Pierce. You'll have to pay. No, no, I didn't. And I went, okay. So I pulled out my credit card and I was going to buy a pass and go in there because I thought this might have a place in, in uh, power play. Power play. There you go. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just pulling out my credit card. And, and a woman who came through the door, who was one, was one of the managers at the time, said, excuse me. And she came up to me and she said, are you Ridley Pearson? And I said, <laughs> yes. And, and I was astonished because this almost never happens to me. And, and especially in, in Disney and stuff where there's so many billions of people. But um, she said, I love the Kingdom Keepers. And I said, well, thank you for that. And she saw my credit card out and said, do you want to come in here? And I went, yes. <laughs> and, and she said, well, let me check and we'll see if we can get you in here. So about five minutes came, went by and she showed up outside and said, we'd love to have you in as our guest. So I went inside. I was very grateful not to have to pay. And Megan Fuchs took about two hours out of her day wow. to carefully show me piece by piece through Disney Quest. Now, what other you know place are you going to get cast members that do right. something like that? And so I have a big piece of the opening of Power Play set inside Disney Quest. That's thanks to Megan Fuchs because even if I had gone in, I probably wouldn't have seen the virtual roller coaster, right. which is what I needed to see. And she had read the series and she sort of knew what would work in the books. And she said, you know, of the zillion things in here, I think these five places might be really important to you. Mm -hmm. And I think three of them end up in the book. So, I mean, the cast members are unbelievably important and helpful. And they come to the signings and they introduce themselves and say, if you ever need here, if you never, you know, and I keep their cards. and. And, and it becomes a real family, a network of cast members, Imagineers. And, and it isn't just my effort. You know, it's everybody's efforts that make these books work. I could not do this without everybody's efforts. It, it's too much work to do, right. to assemble all this stuff. The people on the ships, you can't believe how cooperative they are. And they find out through their bosses that I'm on the ship. And they're saying, would you like to see this? Would you like to do that? And I'm going, yes, 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 yes. Um, it's just <laughs> incredible, you know. Well, that's the difference. We were talking before about, you know, what makes Walt Disney World different. Walt Disney himself said, you know, you can design and build the greatest place, but it takes the people to make. And I think the difference is the cast members. And I'm sure everybody else agrees as well. How do they find these cast members? That's I have what no I'm... idea. The only you know regret that I have it, is never being able to experience you... traditions to see what it is that they do to get that kind of. Because the, the cast members seem to always have just a vested interest. It's not about a paycheck for them. It's their it love of and wanting to make the guest experience the best possible. And I'll tell you who also has that, Lou, is you. <laughs> when I read your tweets 
Uh, and I'm being serious here. When I read your tweets and see what you're doing and what you're up to, and, and I ran into on tour, I have to say, I ran into a zillion Lou fans. It really surprised me. Everywhere I went, Atlanta, Seattle, you have legions of fans. And you bring that contagious enthusiasm. That's why I wanted to be on your show, because I know we're of like mind. You know, you're not doing this for a paycheck. You're doing this because you love what you do. You love what you talk about, as do I. You know, we're brothers that way. We, when, when you come to my signings and we see all these people excited, I go through the line and say hi to everybody before I do the signing because I want to say hi to the family. We're all, you know, we're all freaks, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We're allowed to be freaks. We are yeah. all kindred spirits, and and thank you for that. That's uh, that's very kind and and very humbling of you, and 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 I appreciate you saying that. Um, well, you know it's true. I mean, you know how much you love this, and you can feel it. And and I bet you're getting people who are writing right now on your chat board about this because you, at least to your tweets, man, you bring unbelievable enthusiasm about what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I I am very fortunate, like you, to be able to share something that you're passionate about with other people, these like-minded people who are, I always consider friends, whether we've met them or not, because I, we, yeah. we know that we share that. We have a lot of common, uh, you know, ideals. It's, um, it, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very fortunate, so. Yeah, me too. I am so grateful to the 10 and a half people now in your chat. <laughs> My um, mom left, we're down to seven. Ah, so. down to seven. Um, for reading the books, for telling their friends about the books, kind of getting the word out about the books, because the you know it, it's a sad state. But as you know, you got to sell advertising. I've got to sell books in order to justify doing more books. I would like to do this series is seven books long, but there is talk about other Kingdom Keepers series related books and related series, and and the more popular we grow this thing, the the more chance I have to do these crazy wild books. So I mean. I so appreciate all all my readers and all of your fans turning into readers. So thanks to everybody. Well, they're they are enthusiastic about it, and there is this organic viral thing that goes on because they feel compelled to tell other people about the books yeah. that they're enjoying because we all sort of want to consume Disney as much as possible, and no other book series or anything else lets you get into it the way these do. Obviously, I've got to ask you the question that everybody in chat is asking. You get asked a million times of book signings, I know. It's not about the next in the series. It's Ridley, my God, man, when is the movie coming out? <laughs> well, um, there's, there's, there's good news and bad news. The good news is that Disney is, in all likelihood, um, you know, and you have to take this with a grain of salt, but in all likelihood, going to make a an absolutely fabulous movie about the Magic Kingdom and about the rides coming alive at night and about kids being inside the Magic Kingdom. In all likelihood, it won't have anything to do with the Kingdom Keepers. Right. And, and that breaks my heart, but I also would never question the decisions Disney makes because I love everything they do, and if for some reason... They seem to think these books won't work for movies. That's their decision, you know, and I will go with that. Um, I would love to see them as movies, but right now it looks as if we won't see Kingdom Keepers movies, but we will see Magic Kingdom movies. So, you know, there's there's a silver lining in it. It's a little bit of a dark cloud for me, but I'll get over it. 
Well, that that is again very gracious of you to, uh, because I'm sure it, it's got to be frustrating. I know for us as fans, you know, there's 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 very few books that translate perfectly into movies. I, you know, I'm always a fan usually yeah. of the books more so, but to be able to see it on screen and, and experience it another way, which people get to do because there's on there's an online aspect to it. If kids want to sure. come to Walt Disney World, they can participate in. Um, in things through Disney's youth services as well too. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, uh, there's also the kingdomkeepers.com. We've got uh, like 20, 30 videos of, of me backstage wow. up there. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Um, I, you know, I almost wish I could sit down with these guys and just find out what it is that seemed to not work for them, but something obviously must not work for them. And, and you know, the film world is very fickle, Lou. And and again, we got this last book onto the New York Times bestseller list, the series list, one of the hardest lists to get on. That definitely opened a bunch of eyes at Disney. Um, the books are all selling very well and we could turn this thing around yet. I mean, I really believe that if, and, and this sounds like I'm shilling myself, you know, that if people will go out there and tell their friends to go buy books, but there is a lot of truth to it. I mean, the more these books sell, the more there is a chance that the Disney Hollywood movie studio guys will say, you know what, let's rethink this Kingdom Keepers thing. So we'll see. Well, it we isn't, gonna, it isn't going to start our, our grassroots movement to not only yeah. sell more books, but uh, let, let those yeah. who need to know know that we would love to see this on screen. Yeah, there's a Facebook page, I think, that is pushing to make these into movies. And and, you know, it sounds silly, but but studios listen to this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's not over till it's over. I mean, it isn't a Magic Kingdom movie until they start rolling film and they aren't anywhere near that. They could easily change their minds in here and say, you know what? Let's make seven Kingdom Keepers movies. Would I be happy about that? I'd be thrilled about that. But I know whatever they do, as do you. And and in their heart of hearts, I, I know a lot of my readers get disappointed to hear me say this, but I know they're going to do a good job, sure. even if it isn't Kingdom Keepers related. So, you know. Well, if they we make go. it Ridley, just make me a promise that if there's a walk-on role for like a small world doll on the perfect height, I could just get right it. You wouldn't have, I don't even need credit or anything. I think you're, <laughs> you're doing yourself a, a bad disservice there. Um, listen, I know you got to go. You've got a, a very busy schedule. You've been so wonderful to, again, uh, take time to come by and talk to us. I know people in the chat room uh, could and would sit here and chat with you for hours. I am going to, of course, continue to encourage them to buy and recommend the Kingdom Keeper series uh, to their friends, to my mom, who happens to be there as well. Um, and yeah, we're going to see what we can do to help you out, Ridley, because we would love to see the Kingdom Keepers movie made as much as you do i'm also going to send them over to kingdomkeepers.com to follow at ridley pearson over on the twitter and uh and also check out your blog there as well too because you do post over at ridleypearson.com quite often yeah well you know we'll come i'll come back here in a month if you'll have me and i'll read a little from the fifth book or something we'll keep We'll keep the the Lou fans uh, in up ahead of everybody else. We would love. It. Do you have any, Do you have anything else? Do you want to let us? Do you want to let us go with a little uh, yeah. passage? Let me do that. So this is. I'm going to set up this scene. Um, there's some question about that Mickey might be sneaking around on board the ship, and this scene. We're well into this scene by the time I'm going to read here. Uh, 
I'm going to try to say, okay, that's where I'm going to stop. So the, the scene you're picking up is, is Uncle Bob, who's a real character, Uncle Bob, head of security on the ship. And uh, he is monitoring some security videos, trying to see if Mickey was actually spotted on board the ship. Bob had caught the activity on a recording from the bow camera. He'd missed it the first two times, looking for a person instead. But during a third look, he saw an iconic shadow on the slatted wood deck as it turned across the bow. A round, dark circle with two equally distant circles atop it. Ears, a head, Mickey Mouse. Filled with the rare pulse of excitement, Bob loved detective work. He sought the recording from camera 4-9, deck 4, position 9, odd numbers being starboard. It, it, was, it took a few minutes. Now, see, there's an edit because I forgot the word took. <laughs> it took a few moments to match up the time code. But soon he had the footage from camera 9 in nearly the same moment as that of the bow camera. Sure enough, there appeared Captain Mickey, his back to the camera. He walked the jogging path entered the steel tunnel that housed the jogging track as it crossed around the bow, but he never made it to the bow camera, never arrived. Camera 9 had him staying on the jogging path. The bow camera had his distinctive shadow appearing, but he never reappeared. He disappeared, Bob realized, wondering how he was ever going to broach the subject with the captain. He couldn't be using a word like that. Security didn't believe in passengers or crew members disappearing. Security didn't believe in ghosts. Security didn't believe in the Disney spirit haunting a ship, even if the crew did. Security dealt in facts, hard, cold facts. But Captain Mickey had disappeared. The character shadow had turned into a blade of black and had shrunk from the bottom up like a fuse burning. Captain Mickey had never appeared in the camera bow, had never reappeared in the view from camera nine. He had disappeared. Ridley Pearson, you got people in the chat room are both in stunned silence, enjoying every second of this, and just saying it's amazing. Wow, this is, they're giving you, they're literally giving you a standing ovation uh, in the chat room. So well, to thanks. have you share that with, that with us and to hear it coming right from you. Again, here is Kingdom Keepers 1. Here is the second in the series, Disney at Dawn. The third in the series, Disney in Shadow. And the latest, which cover I love, by the way, Kingdom Keepers 4, Power Play. Kingdom Keepers 5 is in the works again. Visit you heard it first. Keepers five. No one else has heard that. Not even my editor. <laughs> She'll probably kill me now. That's all right. We won't tell her. I love that cover too. Isn't that a great cover? I love it. I love. It. I, I I think, think that. Um, I think, I think they Trollo did a great job. Is one of, it, it's arguably the most evil Disney villain ever. Frollo. Yeah. Frollo scares the heck out of me. He is a bad dude. I I mean he he you know even when you hang out with him, he scares the heck out of you. <laughs> He, he was in on some of my video shoots. Right. He's just a creepy looking dude. And the fact that you know he has killed an infant baby. Right. I mean, this guy should be locked up. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's way, way up on my bad list. He is truly evil. And um, again, 
the way that you are able to expand on these characters and sort of given that latitude that you talked about really makes for uh, incredible reading cover to cover. All the Kingdom Keepers books are those. Once you pick them up, you are not going to put it down until you're done. So um, Ridley Pearson, my friend, thank you as always. Please let's do this again. I I'd love for you to come I'm back on again. Um, hopefully people will come out as you continue to do book signings and as you release new books. And uh, certainly let's please keep in touch as well. Thanks, Lou. I'll be, I'll be following you on Twitter as I always do. Thank you. At Ridley Pearson on Twitter, everybody. Take care. All right, Ridley. Thank you. Take care.